Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter and subscribe on iTunes so you don't miss a single episode. And if you like the show and think we deserve a five-star rating, and obviously we do, rate us and post a review. Also, although our main purpose in life is to entertain you, producing this show costs actual money, so please help out by going to patreon.com slash Gilbert Gottfried and pledging your support to receive all sorts of goodies, merchandise, personalized roast, and shout-outs, advanced access to episodes, or personal messages from me, Gilbert Gottfried. And if we raise enough, maybe I can finally get a new co-host. I'm thinking of the Scarlett Johansson robot. Gilbert Gottfried, and this is Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Frank Santo Padre, once again at Nutmeg Post with our engineer, Frank Verderosa. Our guest this week is a comedian, actor, writer, and musician, and voiceover artist. He's appeared in the movie's Things Change, which he also co-wrote, as well as Homicide, The Spanish Prisoner, State in Maine, Daddy Daycare, Are We Done Yet?, and Farce of the Penguins. TV series include Mr. Show, South Park, The Larry Sanders Show, Home Movies, and Bob's Burgers. For seven seasons, he starred in, wrote, and produced the memorable Dr. Katz, professional therapist, working alongside a who's who of stand-up comedians, including Stephen Wright, Louis C.K., Ray Romano, Rodney Dangerfield, Kathy Griffin, and yours truly. Just to mention a few, he's also the co-creator of the web series Explosion Bus and can be heard hosting his very own podcast, Hey, We're Back. But there's more. There's more. He's a musician, (laughs) world-class ping-pong player, and he once had Jackie Robinson at his house for dinner. Please welcome one of the funniest men on the planet and a man who claims he could beat anyone in arm wrestling, regardless of age or strength, provided they play by the rules he dictates. Our friend, Jonathan Katz. Some of that's true. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you were going to start off with a quote. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is, you asked me how I was, and, and I was going to quote Fats Waller, who said, if I felt any better, I'd be embarrassed. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> now, this might be one of the easiest, or the easiest interview ever, because you you wrote an entire list. He did. Of what to ask you. Yeah, okay, well, I'm, I'm the least spontaneous guy you know. <laughs> And also, we appreciate all the prep, John. But I have to tell you, I'm expecting a call from Harry Von Zell. And if he doesn't call in five minutes, <laughs> Harry Von Zell. If he doesn't call in five minutes, I'm going to tell him to forget about it. I'm, I'm expecting a call from B. Benadere. <laughs> <laughs> and you have a story about the song Brand New Key? Oh, you know, if I go to a karaoke bar, which I. <laughs> We love that song, John. Well, that's the only song I was singing in a karaoke room. 
Melanie's yeah. brand new key. Oh, uh, could you can you sing a little? Hobby? I rode my bicycle past your window last night. <laughs> <laughs> I roller skated past your door at daylight. <laughs> it almost seems like you're avoiding me. I'm okay alone, but I got something I need. Okay. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Melanie. She also had lay down candles in the rain. Yeah. Do you remember oh, that one? Lay down, lay down, lay it all down. Yeah, that's no, all I know. I don't remember yeah, that. Me too. <laughs> yeah, that was a big that was a, the big hit before a brand new key. Oh, I thought it was something about being beautiful. But maybe I'm confusing it with somebody else. I also used to see um, the Ace Trucking Company there. I saw, oh, yeah. I saw oh, yeah. Arlo Guthrie and my, my guitar hero, the late Kenny Rankin. He was, I admired that. Kenny guy's. Rankin. Yeah. And you have a story, Letterman doesn't want to be my friend. Yeah, you've had that experience a bit, but you do the show and you think that he likes you so much he wants to hang out with you. <laughs> not, not true. <laughs> it's just not true. See, people don't realize when you do talk shows how little contact you actually have with the host. Right. The first time he'll he'll greet you and welcome you to the show, but that's it. Yeah. What about Carson? You did the Carson show too, John. Well, the the weird thing about doing Johnny Carson, the two odd stories there. The first thing was on TV, he's this very proud, dignified man. But when I saw him backstage, he was wearing like a wife beater. And uh, not the shirt, but an actual wife beater. No, Really? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he was, all, he was all hunched over. He looked like an old guy. But then you, see, oh, geez. then you see him come out on stage. He's this very proud man. And just before I went on, on camera, my wife notices that I have one hair standing straight up. And she said, what should I do? And she said, just pull it out. So the pain centered me. It just, <laughs> that was so, I was so nervous until she did that. Do you, do you remember meeting Gilbert for the first time, John, in the clubs? I don't you, think we've been introduced. <laughs> <laughs> Either of you have any memory of that? No, uh, I would, what I remember is you hanging out at Catch. Oh, that is such a loud ring. Just, <laughs> as John's phone wrote off. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, I remember you at Catch hanging out with a guy named Steve Katz, who's like, oh, jeez, yes, and also Ronnie Shakes, who I admire so oh, much. Oh, Ronnie Shakes. Oh, yeah. Um, I'll tell you my my favorite Ronnie Shakes joke lately, and I have so yeah. many. Yes, because he had like a 1940s style delivery, like Georgie Jessel. Oh, yeah. And he said, "Yeah, I got thrown in jail the other day on some trumped up charge." They said you get one phone call. Nobody called. <laughs> <laughs> but but we'd be remiss if we didn't have you do the the classic Ronnie Shakes joke, the the, the, yeah. the joke that you that you love that we all love. Well, the, I do a couple, but I think the one you're talking about is I've been in therapy for 12 years, same guy, and yesterday he said something that brought tears to my eyes. No oblongaise. <laughs> I love that one. I I remember Ronnie. My favorite line of his was. Uh, my biggest fantasy is to have sex with two women. I don't mean at once. I mean in a lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> he passed away, didn't he, Ronnie? He, he, he yeah. you know, he died jogging, of all things. You know, in a, in a world that had too much drinking and too much drugs, he died running. John, talk about a little bit since you're talking about the stand-up days. I find it interesting that, that you, you talked about how so much of it didn't suit you. I'm referring to your line about how you felt you were a tutu, wearing a tutu. Oh yeah, I I, I never in front felt of pirates, I, especially when I moved to Boston and I did one night as around here. But it was true in, in New York too. Um, when I did these, <laughs> you want to answer that? <laughs> that could be Von Zell. Hello. I'm sorry, is Susan available? Uh, not at the moment, but can I ask who's calling? Um, if you'd like, I can speak with you, or if you want, I can always give her a call back. I, 
I think calling back some other time is a good idea. Although, I'm so happy to hear from you. Oh, right. I'm very familiar with your organization, and I will call you soon. Okay? Okay. You didn't have to get off the phone that quick. No, I actually, I actually like the work they do there. Um, that's something that arranged for my daughter, Julia, to travel to Ghana for a year. Wow. While she was in college. Why would you want to go there? Uh, you get extra credit. Oh, okay. But you, you started out to, you had a musical act, didn't you? Yeah. At I, the very I, beginning. I, I, had, I was the lead singer and frontman for Cats and Jammers. Cats and Jammers. Yeah. In fact, um, your engineer has a sample of the kind of music we did, which I would describe as mediocre. Um, but there's, <laughs> there's a song called Louise and Mary that um, your engineer could oh. play for you now if you do want we to. Do we have Louise and Mary, Frank? I sure do. Here it comes, John. It sounds something like this. And this is me singing. Hey, fellas. Come here a second. Listen to this. I heard Louise and Mary and Peggy Sue. They got in trouble doing the boogaloo. The joint was jumping and the crowd was hot. And I think that they deserve what they got. Well, I warned these girls, but they'll never learn. They should deceive themselves. Yeah, you give it once and then you do it again. And now I'm tempted to tell. I heard Louise and Mary and Peggy Sue. They got in trouble doing the boogaloo. The joint was jumping and the crowd was hot. And I think that they deserve what they got. Well, don't think that we've got any regrets. They said it right to my face. No, we didn't mean you people no harm. So I hear everyone say. When did it? Don't take much to see. When did you record that? Hey, Gilbert, I have to say, I've never seen anybody so dedicated not moving in time to the music. <laughs> I can't believe the restraint. Uh, I made a deal uh, with RCA. I recorded three singles, and that was one of them. That was fun. It was a little Manhattan transfer-ish, didn't you think? Gil? Oh, yeah. Will Lee on bass. Oh, is that Will Lee from the Letterman Band? Yeah. Wow. Chris Chris Parker on drums. I don't know if you remember him. No, I don't. Will I know? Now, how did you get involved with David Mamet? We went to college together in the 60s. I've known David for 50 years. And I'm such and a young And you turn guy. up in all those movies. You started turning up in, in films in films that he directed. Well, first you wrote Things Change with him, which Gilbert and I were just talking about. He said the, yeah. movie, the movie just came up. Yeah, I was just discussing that with some with Joe Montaigne. And... But David wrote that with Shel Silverstein. Um, he, I had a story credit on the House of Games, but David wrote that movie with Shel Silverstein. Oh, I have the wrong movie. Yeah, right. But you have a Don Amici story. Well, just here I am, the son of two communists, and. <laughs> The next thing I know is I'm on a movie set in Lake Tahoe, about to do a scene with Don Amici and Joe Montaigne, and I'm the only one holding a clipboard. So I assume that they forgot their clipboards because they weren't nervous because they've done been doing this for years. So David, as a joke, had them feed me lines that weren't in the movie, and I just froze. Because he thought that uh, that was everybody's idea of a good time was humiliating Jonathan Katz. <laughs> you, which one did you write, by the way, John? You wrote you wrote uh, House of Games. Well, I, I wrote the story on which the movie is based. Okay. Essentially, I got coffee for David. Okay. 
But so so we so so when you said some of those things were true in the intro, that was the one we had wrong. Yeah, um, okay. and I I did about two or three Doctor Katz episodes. Yeah, and they were great. We will return to Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast, but first a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. But yeah, I like doing that Dr. Cat show. That was like so loose. Good, but you and I were just telling old Jewish jokes for about oh, yes. 20 minutes. It was incredible. <laughs> do, do you remember any? Old Jewish woman goes to the doctor. Doctor says there's nothing wrong with you. You just need to have more sex. You need to have sex eight, ten times a week. She calls her husband. He says, put me down for two. <laughs> okay, Gil, now do you remember any? Okay. Uh, a Jewish couple goes to a doctor and they say, uh, the man says, I, I can't uh, achieve an erection. And uh, it's it's ruining our marriage. And so the doctor says, well, I've got a simple operation I could perform. You'll be as good as you are as a teenager. It'll cost $500. And the Jewish couple says, we're going to go home and discuss it. And they come back the next day. The doctor says, well, are you going to pay the 500 and have the operation? And the couple says, no, we're going to have the kitchen painted. <laughs> Old Jewish guy. <laughs> I listen like a dueling banjo and, here. And my, my dad would always say, why does he have to be Jewish? And I say, I don't know, Dad, it's a joke. But an old Jewish guy is on the beach, and he finds a, a uh, lantern in the sand, and he rubs the lantern, and a genie appears and says, I will grant you any wish you want, any wish. And the guy says, okay, what about peace in the Mideast? He's a genie, I can't do that. That's, not, that's beyond my purview. Any, anything else but that. He says, okay, just once, I would like my wife to perform oral sex. And the genie says, now, would you say peace? <laughs> uh, you tell that one I, with the map. Yes. You tell, yes Gilbert tells a different yes, version of I that one. I tell a different version oh, of it. Only I say blowjob, <laughs> not oral gratification. He cleans it up. Yeah. He's classy. Well, now, um... An old Jewish woman is in a swimming pool. I'm so and, sorry to hear that. <laughs> and and the lifeguard says, hey, can't you read the sign? No swimming in the pool. And she goes, that's the way you read it. The way I read it is, no, swimming in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good joke. Hey, Gilbert, do you think I have too many references to Esther Williams in my act? <laughs> I don't think there could ever be enough. Never enough. I, I tried to make a, a swimming to Cambodia joke starring Esther Williams, but it never worked. A swimming to Cambodia. Now, who was Esther Williams married to again? Uh, Fernando Lamas. Fernando Lamas. Yeah. And was she going out with somebody to another famous guy? I would think so. No. Okay. <laughs> Another swimmer, maybe Buster Crab? Maybe. <laughs> I remember Buster Crab years ago. Yeah. And someone, oh, this Alan Asherman who uh, we had on. Sure. He he told me this. Because I remember Al, uh, Buster Crab, who was like Flash Gordon yeah. and he was a champion swimmer. Yep. He had this commercial for like these t-shirts that basically work like a girdle for men you put on these t-shirts and it pulled your stomach in right i think i remember that was he yes. advertising those in the 60s oh yes yeah. yes early 70s and i think he had found some pieces of rubber or something <laughs> and he said can you make this into a t-shirt or something and he made a fortune on it really Hey, have you had Ed Bagley on the show? We have not. Oh, Ed Bagley. Senior? <laughs> I know. I heard senior. I'm just talking about junior. Yeah, we haven't. No, we'd love to. Because I, I made some joke about um, the original Tarzan, who was Johnny Weissmuller. Sure. Oh, yes. Yeah. And, and 
it vaguely wrote, not only do I remember the guy, I worked with him. Wow. But um, he'd be great on the show. Well, we'll talk to him. You mean Johnny Weissmuller? Wasn't the original Tarzan Elmo Lincoln? Elmo Lincoln with that, yes. Silent. Very good. Was it a silent Tarzan? Yes. And he had the most deformed chest. What? Of any person. (laughs) He had a concave chest. You know, if you look, well, yeah, yeah, like his chest was like enormous and then it sunk in. Wow. He was the weird he was a weird looking Tarzan Elmo Lincoln. Who remembers Ron Eli doing Tarzan on, te- oh, on, on TV? On TV. Not now, me. I I I also uh I also heard a story, I hope it's true, that, that Johnny Weismuller wound up in a home in his last days. And he went a little nutty and used to do the Tarzan yell. <laughs> I hope that's true. Uh, uh, hey, Gilbert, you may not realize it, but you've just set up the home for reenactors in a beautiful way, which I think Frank has an, a recording of that if you want to play that. Okay, Doke, we're back to our engineer. Frankie, you got that one? Yeah. Which is the one? The home for reenactors. Ooh. I don't have that one. Ooh. That's... Well, I was clumsy. Yeah, no, that was something I did with Tom Leopold and Tom Snyder. Oh, wait, oh. He's wait, got it. it. Death Row Diet? A de- uh, we can do the Death Row Diet. It's close enough. This is something that, this or, is. Or is it venison? Uh, venison and Death Row Diet are both good, but that's not what I'm looking for. But Death Row Diet is close because this is about a guy who's on Death Row and, and Tom Leopold. I play that guy. Tom Leopold is playing my lawyer who doesn't believe in my innocence. We're familiar with Tom Leopold. Okay. He's done the show. So you, you, I think you guys are getting a kick out of this. Okay. I think you're going to be down to your dream weight when they execute you. I think you will get where you want to go, uh, weight-wise. You're talking about 146. 146. Which happens to be how much I weighed the day I met my wife. And the day you killed those people. You have a way of spinning things. I I just hope you don't mention that. No, no, no. Don't be silly. I would feel better about it if you didn't refer to me as as a murderer. Besides the fact that you confessed? Can I not have to bring this up each time? No, you're right. You shouldn't have to bring it up each time. You know, I got my own uh, stuff going on. I'm being audited. I'm sorry. I want to wear the suit that I was wearing the day... Right. And you know, as your lawyer, I feel that a great injustice has been done and you have been so terribly wrong. Not about the murder that you committed, but about the fact that the state won't pay for your Weight Watchers meals. And believe me, it hurts me. Especially since I've tasted the desserts. They are delicious, my friend. Yeah, really good. And you take the D out of death row and you put it back in delicious where it belongs. Do you harbor any anger about the way in which our mutual friends perished? You mean the murder? Well, again, there you go again. Absolutely not. I feel no resentment. I actually, uh, I won't say I feel good about it because that would be a lie. Right. It could be in my mind, but... My glasses don't slide the way they used to. No, no, no. You have definitely lost weight. I see cheekbones where I used to just see cheek. Yeah. You have definitely lost. As a matter of fact, you have an aquiline nose that I had not noticed. Thank you. That before I used to think, oh, what a fat nose. Right. So keep up the good work, my friend. The way these things are cut, Tom, these uniforms, they make, right. they're mass produced. Why do you think Tommy Hilfiger doesn't have orange clothes? I mean, for this very reason, because it's not becoming. <laughs> By the way, I have good news from the Weight Watchers people. They're not totally ruling out the idea of you doing ads for them. Oh, that's great. Which is a long way from, oh, we don't want a convicted murderer. They've sort of signed off on the fact that I'm a convicted. That's been the stumbling block. Right. They do feel you've lost the weight and you look great. They've, the negotiations have moved away from absolutely not, you've got to be kidding, to let's wait and see. Right. Let me ask you something, yeah. Johnny. How are you handling the fear? You know, I, I wake up in the middle of the night sweating. Is it hot in your cell? No. You ever see the movie about the, the Rosenbergs? Oh, no, I haven't Jules seen it. and Ethel Rosenberg were electro- electrocuted. Yes. They were believed to be communists. Yes. It's been proven that they were, actually. Well, that's not the point. Oh. Boy, just, it would be so easy just to say one thing in their defense. Okay, they were innocent. Okay. It was during that movie that I developed my fear, which is a really profound fear of electric. Okay, electric can I just say one thing? Yeah. And I'm not a psychiatrist. Yeah. Or a, you haven't had your chest shaved by a large black man. You don't know that for a fact. Yeah. You really don't have to worry so much because, you know, it would be lethal injection when they do. What do you, you mean? Know? What are you talking about? Well, they're going to kill you by lethal injection. I'm not afraid of dying. I'm afraid of dying fat. 
<laughs> Is that from Explosion Bus, John? No, no, that was pre-Explosion Bus. But <laughs> I also was not the creator of Explosion Bus. That was all Tom Snyder's idea. Ah, well, uh, then your your Wikipedia page is lying. Yeah, and I and I just got another memory aside from Elmo Lincoln's okay, okay. deformed <laughs> chest. Okay, go. He also had really long hair. Elmo Lincoln? Yeah. Okay. You got to look up Elmo Lincoln on your computer. First Tarzan. Yeah. Wait, but but who was the guy? Oh, Jack LaLanne. He designed exercise devices like the one you were describing. Sure, yes, yeah. Yes. And trusses and yeah. all that kind of weird stuff. Um, He was the guy who was always worried about me getting sand kicked in, in my face because I was a 90-pound weakling. Oh, I think that was the other guy. That was, uh, oh, was that, uh, who am I thinking of? Not Vic Tanny. Oh, it oh. might have been. It might have been Vic Tanny. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the, uh, oh, Atlas. Charles Atlas. Oh, yeah. yes, yes, yes. The, sand, the sand kicked in the face. You know what's a thankless job? What's that? Is being the vice president of the hair club for men. <laughs> <laughs> Just let, let's talk just a little bit about the Mammoth films, uh, uh, John. Okay. Did, okay. You, did you have a Michi story? No, I really don't. Have, just the whole thing was so... Uh, surreal. Surreal. And I, I I played a comic named Jackie Shura, so essentially I did my act. Uh-huh. And because I know David so well, I was the only one who was allowed to go off script. And um, it was fun. I played a sleazy comedian in, La, in Las Vegas, but it was Lake Tahoe. Yep. Yep, I like those pictures. I like I like Spanish Prisoner quite a lot. And Gilbert was just talking about. Uh, oh yeah, uh, things changed last night. Yeah, it just came up in conversation. Believe it or not. Well, that that's an that's the first time I've seen naked women on a film set. Although it was a closed set, but two of the uh, two of the women, young women in the movie, appeared naked with Don Amici and Joe Montana in one scene. Uh, you just got Gilbert just perked up. Yes. Yeah. Now yeah. I'm interested. Yeah. One of them is a This is the first thing you said that I'm listening to. <laughs> uh here's the thing about naked women. Okay. <laughs> I'm listening. Their their bodies are different than ours. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> but I'm gonna say this slowly now. No. Um Hey, did we do that thing from Crank Yankers? Uh, well, Frank can cue it up. Yeah, what would you What I, would you like? I, I think this is a this is about me uh, returning to the dating scene after years of being married. I love that you're producing the show, John. We yeah, <laughs> this is great. Yeah, we could get roll roll tape. Gilbert and I gonna go out for Chinese. Yeah, Why Frank, Chinese? you want to you want to run for, uh, John's uh, Crank Yankers clip? Here it comes. Here we go. Thanks for calling Matches. This is Karina. How may I help you? Hi, did, did you say Sabrina? My name is Karina. Oh, Karina. I'm sorry. Uh, my name is Jonathan. I'm calling. I actually wanted to place an ad. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm divorced. I, uh, I've sort of licked my wounds for the last uh, six, seven, eight years, and now I'm looking for someone else to lick them. All right. Well, I wish I that, your... I'm sorry. I wish that didn't sound so disgusting. I apologize. Okay. That's okay. Um, I have to tell you, this feels like a, a dating low point to me. I've only I've only dated twice since I got, I got divorced. Oh, okay. But I'm ready to uh, give it another try. All right, sounds good. Almost Can I get your first name? Jonathan. Last name? Trevitt. And then what category did you want to place this ad under? Uh, desperate losers. <laughs> okay, did you want to put it under male-seeking female, male-seeking male? Male-seeking female. Okay. First of all, did you did you want to have a headline, maybe? Sad man wants to be glad man. Sad man wants to be would fit. So all you have room for then is just sad guy looking to be. That's that's all that fits in your 20 characters? I guess they hey, let them fill in the blank, you know? Let them bring something to the table to the party. Would you call an ad that said sad man wants to be? Probably not. <laughs> so like sad wants to be glad? Yes. Yeah, that just fits. Okay. What did you want the rest of it to say? I am a semi-retired ping pong player. I used to do exhibitions okay. and play in tournaments. 
In fact, I once opened uh, for the Globetrotters. So semi-retired ping pong player. And then what? I'm riddled, I'm riddled with psoriasis. Not sure if you necessarily would like to put that in your ad, though. <laughs> that might not... Truth not, it's not a contagious disease. It's just... Okay, so you want to put that in your ad? I think so. I, I want okay. to start that honest. I don't want to hold that any false hope. Uh-huh. You know how some guys have seen this ad, they like long walks on the beach? Okay. I hate them. Okay, did you want to maybe put some stuff that you do enjoy in your ad? Um, I, I love taking bus rides alone. I think it's romantic. Bus rides isn't bad. I think this is this has been my problem with women, uh, Karina, is that I'm old-fashioned. Like, I sometimes will... I will drop my hanky at a discotheque. Um, I collect old calculators. Okay. I love animals, especially otters. Okay. Right now, I have for your ad, I have Dad Wants to be Glad. Then I have semi-retired ping pong player with psoriasis, 56, <laughs> I foot 7, 156 pounds, enjoys bus rides, collecting old calculators, Love animals. That close to what you want? Uh, you know, it it sounds good. I think I think if a woman was riding the bus on her way to a ping pong tournament and saw that, ad, she'd call me up. You think I'm, am I being too specific? No. Okay, sir. I think it sounds good like this. Okay. Um, if you you know think of any further changes, you can give us a call back with those changes. Okay, and I would call back the same number. Correct. And did you have any other questions then? Where do you live? Sorry. Okay. Okay, Karina. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Okay. Thanks uh, for one, calling. one more thing. Uh-huh. When will women start loving me? Is it too late? <laughs> when is it my turn? Well, maybe you'll get a lot of responses with your ad. Karina, you I you have the best job in the world. You you can make dreams come true. Thank you so much. Okay. Thanks for calling matches. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I forgot how emotional that is. Jesus. <laughs> Gilbert's a tear running down Gilbert's yes. cheek. <laughs> yeah, why do I not think now, that was a tear? Gil- now, now Gil- you sing uh, <laughs> old Western songs? Cheyenne, Cheyenne, where will you be camping tonight? <laughs> Which always seemed like an inappropriate question to ask a guy on the trail. <laughs> Who was the star of Cheyenne? I'm trying to remember it. Clint Walker. Clint Walker, right, right. Now, can you sing the theme to High Noon? High Noon. (laughs) High Noon. (laughs) No, I I can do Sugarfoot, Sugarfoot. Never underestimate a Sugarfoot. Remember Sugarfoot? Will Hutchins. That's right. Yeah. See, the song I remember, and I don't know if I call it Western, it's more like Civil War, maybe, but that's only one man lived down in Bitter Creek, but they said he ran away, branded, scorned by the man who ran. What do you do when you're branded and you know you're a man? Branded. That's not the way to die. What do you do when you're branded and you know it's a lie? Whatever you do for the rest of your life, you must prove you're a man. (laughs) (laughs) Who is the star of Branded? Chuck Connors. Wasn't he the the rifleman? rifleman. He was both. Branded and the rifleman. Branded. Came later on. I didn't on. know that. Yeah. It's before, this stuff is before my time. Yeah. <laughs> I remember Have Gun Will Travel with Paladin with oh Richard, God, Richard that Boone. Was, that was such oh, a big Oh, that's show. right. Yeah. Right. And, and the Rifleman. I have a gun and I'll travel. Yeah. Well, it was a Jewish that's not the. <laughs> I have a gun. I like to travel. <laughs> I'm riding in my station wagon. And I've got a gun, and I travel, and I take some pills for car sickness. Remember that? Yes. Have gun, will travel, reads the card of a man. But he was so cool because he would, That's the one. He would quote Shakespeare, and then he'd shoot the guy.
Yeah, I came a little later. I remember the Wild Wild West, but that one didn't have lyrics. Oh. Yeah, I, I'm sure it probably had. They Somewhere. All had. Yeah, we got to find the lyrics. That one I remember, and uh, of course, Gunsmoke was on forever. And, and we had a long talk yesterday. These same people I brought up the Don Amici movie with, and that was the actor who would appear in Wild West, Michael Dunn. Oh, Michael Dunn. Wasn't he Miguelito Loveless? Oh, yes. Yes. Dr. Loveless. Yes. I but, forgot it was Miguelito. Does this mean anything to you, John? Uh, not yet. <laughs> and, and he was in Ship of Fools. Yes, Michael Dunn was in Ship of oh, Fools. Stanley that, Kramer. And, and, of course, one movie we brought up here, and that was um, How to Murder a Lady. Oh, uh, oh, you mean No Way to Treat a Lady. No Way to Treat a Lady. You know that film, John, with Ross no Steiger? Uh, and George Siegel? I do. I do know that movie. And Rod Steiger was such an amazing impact. Had such an amazing impact on my life. How so? I was confusing it with How to Murder Your Wife. Right. No, just just his performance in uh, The Pawnbroker. One of Gilbert's favorites. Yes. Yeah. Great um, movie. Yeah. And... Uh, was, he comes up on the show a lot. We talk a lot about Rod Steiger. Was he the Heat of the Night? With, sure, he won, oh, won yes. the Oscar. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and the loved one, right? And um, you know, Tom Leopold was in Gunsmoke. He was a child actor. Yes, yes, I've seen the clips. <laughs> I've been, to, <laughs> I've been to Tom's house and I've watched the Gunsmoke episode and the Mannix episode. I didn't know he was in Mannix. He was in Mannix, oh. and he played a thug who terrorizes Robert Culp. Yes. In a it, TV movie called... It, uh, under, rage? Some, rage. Rage, rage. It was called Rage, I yeah, think. Yeah, I think it was supposedly based on a real story. Oh, by the way, he's a veterinarian. Have you seen this one, John? No, but Robert Culp also was a star of a Western, wasn't he? Robert Culp? I remember I Spy. Yeah. I think he played... He was in this... Uh, he had his own Western, Robert Culp. He did? Yeah. Now this I'm 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 lost. I remember Maverick. I remember Bat Masterson with Gene Barry. I, I heard that. I heard. I read somewhere recently that Gene Barry was a Jew. Really? Yeah. You know who else is Jewish? <laughs> oh, is the guy who does Meet the Press, Chuck Todd. Okay. <laughs> uh, I just, I, I find that so surprising that he doesn't, that he and Bernie Sanders don't talk about Pesach. <laughs> See, I read, I read recently, too, in the same list, claiming that Tanya Roberts really? is Jewish. Oh, that would have made you very happy. Oh, my God. Yeah, Tanya Roberts. She's She played Jewish. Sheena. And she was Queen of the that, jungle. Was, that was one of those wonderful Gilbert nudities where she shows up to go uh, skinny dipping and she's just standing there naked. Yep. <laughs> okay. That's see, see uh, John. That's kinky. Uh, I Gilbert nudity is like casual, like a hot looking actress casually standing around naked. Well, who's this wonderful actress who's down probably in her 70s, who's in every movie? She was in Mammoth's movie about Phil Spector. Um, oh, oh, gosh. She's such uh, a... Yeah, uh, 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 Faye Dunaway. No, no, nope, no. not Faye Dunaway? No, she's... Uh, Margaret oh. Dumont. Oh, oh, I know who you mean, Helen Mirren. Yes, if you look up the young Helen Mirren, she appears beautifully naked, just standing there. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Uh, but see, now it bothers me that she's a grandmother. Yeah, and also Brigitte Bardot. Sure. Well, Gilbert doesn't like if it's contrived nudity. He likes it. He likes just like a woman kind yeah. of, you know, like I, like opening the fireplace flu. Yeah. Nude. Yeah, looking for a sock. <laughs> that's, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like while doing other things. There's right. something extra kinky about that, right? Yeah. She just happens to be nude. Yeah, just happens to be nude, walking around, right. doing our taxes, changing the shelf paper in the kitchen yeah, cabinets. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Changing we, the outgoing message on our answering mm-hmm. thing. You know, Kip, Kip, where, like, did, where did you grow up? What part of New York? It, in Brooklyn. In Sheepshead Bay. Uh, no, I, I um, first Coney Island. I was born, right. and then uh, Crown Heights. And then Borough Park. Yeah, I 
So many people are from Sheepshead Bay, including Larry David and Terry Gross and my friend Louis Zwick, who used to like to smell my feet. Don't ask. Um, <laughs> Speaking of Larry David, John, I got a question for yeah. you, and I've seen I've, I've seen people uh, uh, heard people ask you this. Did you did you think that Doctor Katz influenced Curb Your Enthusiasm at yeah. least a little bit? Well, Larry David went out to lunch with Tom Snyder and said, "How do you get that very natural sounding dialogue?" And he explained it to him uh, the the outline from which we work, which is which had to do with the series regulars with. Ben and Laura and me and Julie, the bartender, and Stanley, my friend at the bar. That was all from an outline, which was very... There was no script. It was just... Uh, Tom was good at, at directing us until he got what he needed. Well, and you and Benjamin were just so masterful at improvising together. Well, John Benjamin I mean, it was a joy ridiculous. to listen to. Yeah, thank you. That's That's... People forget about manners in comedy. Thank you so much for saying that, Frank. Oh, it was it was comforting. I mean, Dr. Katz was a show I could just watch in, in a marathon over and over again just to listen to the two of you riff. Thank you and, again. And well, since, since we're talking about it... I, I forgot about manners in comedy. So, so go fuck yourself, Jonathan. <laughs> since we're talking about Dr. You know, Katz, tell, tell us... I would, tell, but your butt is such a whore. I, I, I can't take the time to do that. Hey, Jonathan, suck my dick. Please, <laughs> young man. <laughs> That's what Henny Youngman used to say. <laughs> suck my dick, please. Please. Yeah. <laughs> tell, tell us about uh, uh, Gary Shandling doing the show. We just lost Gary, and it's... Well... It, it's kind of a nice story. Well, is this about... That you did him a solid and... Oh, yeah. I, well, I met him in Aspen. Uh, we were introduced by another comedian whose name I can never remember. Um, Give me a hint. I think he might be Jewish or Greek. Does that <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, him! No, Giannis he, Pappas? Yeah. No, but he, would travel, he was traveling with Larry, and I think he was writing for him on while he was touring. And this was Gary was doing a special at, in Aspen, Colorado. And this is around the time that um, uh, who was the fighter that would bite people in the ear? Oh, uh, Mike Tyson. Yeah, Mike Tyson had just been biting people's ears a lot, and comedians were making jokes about that. And he was just released from jail. So I said, the joke I said told Gary was, "Why don't you say, Mike, in case you heard any of those jokes, we were just kidding," which is not the best joke in the world but he said i owe you and he did dr katz and i did gary shanley the larry sanders show mm-hmm. um, i remember you on sanders yeah and that was such an amazing show because i was in makeup and i and i told gary that it said when just when i get on on stage i'm going to talk about the uh the lap dance i got today because i told the woman i've been sitting all day and um, he said, tell that story. That's very funny. And But I didn't realize that that was the show. They never shot anything else. It's just me and makeup. Mm-hmm. It was really uh, cunning the way they did that show. Uh, a great show. Yeah. And we became friends, which was really a nice surprise. We hung out in L.A. while I was making Raising Dad. Yeah, tell us about Raising Dad. I have it on one of my cards. Raising Dad is a show that starred Bob Saget. Did you know this show, Gil? No. With Saget that Jonathan created? No. And Andy yeah. Kindler. Andy was on it. Um, Brie Larson and Kat Dennings played Bob's daughters. And Jerry Adler was the grandfather. Oh, is oh. she? She's the one Two who's broke, girls. broke. Yeah. I think she's dating our friend Josh Groban. Really? Unless I have my facts incorrect, I'll check. But isn't that the guy who's married to Barbara Streisand? No. That's, 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 he's, he's married to Esther Williams. (laughs) Sasu Pitts he's married to. Uh, Now, I think Sasu Pitts and (laughs) Thelma Todd were a, were a comedy team. That is correct. Yes. And Thelma Todd. Uh, pops up in uh, Monkey Business. Well, in Horse Feathers. Horse Feathers. She's in both of them. Horse Feathers and Monkey Business. Yeah, Hot Toddy. But who else was a, was a female lead on the Sid Caesar show who is not Zazu Pitts? 
Imogene Coca? No. There's someone more obscure than that. I thought you'd. I knew it a couple of weeks ago, but I can't think of her now. <laughs> we'll think of it by the end of the show. Yeah. But tell us, tell us what happened with Raising Dad, and then I also want to ask you about your other pilot from where I sit. Oh, uh, so Raising Dad ran for uh, 22 episodes, and I, I was the executive producer. I show up there. And I have no fucking idea what I'm doing. <laughs> I, I, I don't have a clue. I get a I get a call from this woman who runs business affairs for Paramount, and she says, "Jonathan, uh, what about uh, Jerry Adler? Is he seven out of 13? And I said, "You bet." I had no idea what that meant. <laughs> Jerry Adler, you know Jerry Adler. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. from The Sopranos. You know that actor? Yes, yes. A yeah. New York actor. Yeah, he's a great actor and a really sweet guy. Yeah, he's done a lot of stuff. Yeah, um, but he played Bob's father on the show, Bob Saget's father. Uh huh. And Bob was actually very sweet and fun to work with. Um, hard to converse with because he talks. It's just like he tries to tap you all the time. But, um, but we had he, Bob on this show. I was going to say you should have Bob on that show. We did. We yeah. We know nothing about this trying to top you, Gilbert. You know what he's talking yes. about with Bob Saget? No, I uh, maybe just doesn't like you. <laughs> That's possible. I don't like you. <laughs> what about the John? Don't fuck yourself. <laughs> hey, does your engineer think I'm a nice guy? He loves you. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about working with Peter Falk on your other pilot. Uh, oh, from uh, where John. I said, listen to this yeah. cast. I made a pilot for CBS with Peter Falk, Peter Falk Robert Klein, Marsha Gay Harden, David Pamer, and Jane Adams, and we still didn't get picked up. Wow. Directed by Eric Von Zipper's son, Michael Lembeck. Oh, yeah. I also had Lizzie Kaplan in it. Right. Lizzie Kaplan, who went on to become, you know her, she's on Masters of Sex. Yeah. Oh, She's very, okay. very attractive brunette. Right. And she was so good. She was wonderful. And Dom Irera made an appearance in the show. We love Dom. So I'll have to look to see uh, if there's some uh, good Lizzie Kaplan nudity. Oh, there's plenty of it. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure there must be a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and she... she. Do you have... Are there any scenes of Lizzie Kaplan naked checking a book out of the library? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I have. What what was Falk like, John? Did you interact with him a lot? He was naked all the time. <laughs> but Peter, Peter Falk was the funniest one on the show. He had this amazing comic timing. Oh, sure. That I never knew about, and he was just great. Um, there was a line where it, uh, it's a phone call I'm making to him in the, sh- in the show, or David Hayman's making making to Peter Falk, and. He says, I, uh, I'm having a hard time hearing you, uh, 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 Bob. I'm, I'm a little constipated. And Pamer says, boy, that is constipated. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> you ever see Falk in a comedy called The Great Race that Blake Edwards made? Uh, with uh, Tony Curtis. Yeah. Tony Curtis yeah. and Jack Lemmon. Yeah, I did see that. He, he just about steals the movie. Terrific comic. And I also think Paul Reiser made a movie with him. He did, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's that father and son movie. I had the the honor of interviewing both of them at the Writers Guild after uh, after that screening. It was called The Thing About My Folks. Right. Now, see, now that's a a sad thing because of this age we're living in that Peter Falk, like those last clips we saw of him, he, I guess he had Alzheimer's. Yeah, he did at the end, yeah. And he was wandering through the street. They couldn't find his car. And and they were filming him on their phones and putting it up on the internet. No, that's sad. That's really unfortunate. Um, what kind of car? <laughs> um, no, but Ro- Robert Klein did something amazing in that pilot, which was... A great comedian telling a joke, a good joke, badly. And it was a joke I I would do in my act about... I'll tell you the joke. I had surgery last week, nothing serious. But just before I went under, I heard the one thing you don't want to hear. Where's my lucky scalpel? (laughs) (laughs) That's good. So Peter Falk, I mean, uh, Robert Robert Klein, Klein. Robert Klein told that joke to the American Liver Foundation and made it bomb. 
in which the, is in the in the pilot. In the pilot, yeah, yeah. Which is hard to do. Hey, I have to tell you my Al Pacino story, if you'll forgive me. Go. Oh, please. I forgive you. <laughs> David David was born on November thirtieth. I was born on December first. And when he was married to Lindsay Krauss, they threw a she threw a joint birthday party for me and David. And Al Pacino was one of the guests. But uh and my wife made a cheesecake, which she brought to the party, and was sitting down. And we overhear this couple behind us saying, "The husband, the 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 husband says to the wife, did you notice that Al Pacino is here?'" And the wife says, "Fuck Al Pacino! Did you taste the cheesecake?" <laughs> so what's the What's the improv class story, John? It's oh, on your oh. list. And you, are, you wanted well, Gilbert to hear this story. Well, you know Lisa Mendy, right? Oh, yeah. Was married we, briefly to Dom, not so briefly, to yeah. Dom Herrera. Yeah. We love Dom. Um, and uh, she taught an improv class at the improv on Sunday afternoons. And she thought I would benefit from that. So I took the class one day and she said, okay, this scene, Jonathan, all you need to do is pretend you're at a party and you're just walking around with the other actors. There were a bunch of other actors there. And so I'm walking around, and she said, "Just pretend you see somebody you know." And I say, "And I say, oh, hey, Dan Chodakov." And she says, "How the fuck do you know Dan Chodakov?" Because she went to school with Dan Chodakov in Teaneck, New Jersey. I couldn't even make up a stranger's name that she didn't know. Have I lost you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. At the beginning of the oh. show. Oh. No, no, Gilbert, this is an improv class, and I couldn't invent the guy's name that wasn't real. That's the joke. Oh. He couldn't make up the name. Of, he, he couldn't come up with the name of a guy she didn't know. Oh, that's a he, good story. He used the yeah. real name. That's a terrific story. And then, then I had to make up a... Hey, can I pretend that happened to me? <laughs> <laughs> I had so much fun with you in the story. Well, John, you and I were talking about The Millionaire. You remember the show The Millionaire? Oh, yeah. Of course. He's with Michael Milner. Uh, or I think it was Mar- Mar- Michael Milner, Michael- Marvin Miller. Well, I always get him confused I think it was Marvin with Miller. the cop one, one guy from was my show. Martin one Milner. guy was in Route 66. Different guy, yeah. But do you know the song? The loveliness of Paris seems somehow sadly gay. Did you know George Maharis? Was somehow set. No, that's the other guy in, in Route 66. Yeah, but yeah, um, that's that, that's the whole Perfecto Teles thing. Yeah. Um, but what about the Millionaire? The Millionaire. I love that show. Although a million dollars now is like chump change. It's so weird when yeah. you hear about a, you know someone like always oh, he got a million dollars, and now like a million dollars is like like an apartment in New York. If you say. Well, I'm willing to spend a million dollars. It's like, uh, it's a joke. <laughs> you can have half of yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can have half the room. <laughs> as you have a studio. Have yeah. Do um, you know that story you told about Al Pacino reminds me of another story that happened to me. I was in an improv <laughs> Hey, it would help. <laughs> and, and I named some... <laughs> Wait, I didn't tell you the rest of the Lisa Mendy story. Oh, there's more? Are you kidding? I can't wait. Wait, you think I'm going to tell that part again? (laughs) It gets better? No, I I had to make up a song. And there there was a woman there named Sue. That's all I remember about her. And she was a pianist. So I'm on stage. She was a pianist? If you think that's funnier. Yeah, okay. So she was a, p- a pianist, and she's sitting there, and she's vamping, playing different chords. Yes. And I say, hit it, Sue. And that's all I could do. I'm sorry. Maybe that I'm- was good, too. <laughs> hey, that's why this story just keeps building. Talk about a gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. <laughs> what about Uncle Dirty, John? That's on your list. Uncle Dirty. We remember him. You remember Uncle oh, Dirty? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That, that wasn't John Valby, right? That no, was no, a different, that no, was a different no, guy. No, that was no, Dr. No. Dirty. His real name is Bob Altman. And yes. He, uh, although I, I'm, I, I, the story I prefer is the Larry Raglan story. I know, oh. you, I know you were talking about him the other day, but... Dirty! <laughs> I thought I saw 
a dummy in the window. <laughs> I looked and it was you wearing a new dress <laughs> as usual, trying to look your best impossible. Cause with you, it's not really what you wear. Why don't you wash your face? It's a disgrace. Jump in, John. <laughs> no, so so here, I, I love stories about how people's careers they sabotage their careers. <laughs> and yeah. and La- Larry Raglan was a was a guest on the Mike Douglas show, a daytime talk show. Sure. Yes. Yeah, sure. Of from Philly. And he had a great set. He moved over to do panel, and everything is going fine. <laughs> and then, then Mike Douglas invites out some woman who is a spokeswoman for some horrendous disease. Oh, jeez. And Larry starts giggling, <laughs> and he can't stop. Ooh, and he, oh, and he just wow. never did another talk show. So that's what became of Larry Ragland. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I think we lost Larry. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He was also a great tennis player, a club player. <laughs> Which yes. That's really how the story <laughs> or his career. I, that's I more heard, info than I wanted to know about Larry yeah. I heard a story with Larry Ragland that Bill Cosby, when he was still known as a comedian, <laughs> you know, and... He came in to catch, and he saw Larry and really liked him and really wanted to be a supporter of him. And he came back a few years later, and he saw Larry on stage. And uh, uh, the next time he was going to—he went up to introduce Larry, Bill, and Bill said— you know, I saw this guy uh, f- about 20 years ago, hasn't written a goddamn new joke since then. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, my God, that's so mean. Oh. And they, uh, I, I, now I forgive him for all the things that he's being accused of doing because they, don't, exactly, yes, they exactly. pale by comparison. <laughs> exactly. That's so fucking mean. You guys, but I remember Bill Cosby told a story. He said, one time I was in an improv group. <laughs> <laughs> With Lisa Mendy? <laughs> Am I the only one? And there was someone named Sue. (laughs) I might be the only person who can't make that story work. Can you do wait? Can you can you do Jerry Seinfeld telling that story? So uh, I was in an improv group. And there was someone there named Sue. <laughs> I, I only do one impression. I think I do it better than you, Gilbert. It's, yes. it's R.V. Bendrat. Okay. Who? <laughs> well, let me, let me do my impression first, and I'll tell you who the guy is. Well, the whole goddamn thing is theater. He was, a, I think he was a closeted gay man I met in the West Village uh, in, the, in, the seven, in the 70s. That sounds just like him. Yeah. I thought he walked into the room. You want me what to do was it? his name? R.V. Bendrat. R.V. Bendrat. You can to... you do R.V. Bendrat? R.V. R.V. Can you do R.V. Bendrat? Talking about an improv group that he was in. Well, the, the whole goddamn thing is theater, but I go in there, and, and, and she says to me, uh, Jonathan, you need to pretend that you know somebody, just a complete stranger. And uh, and, and, and I say, uh, Dan Chodakoff, and I couldn't even make up the name of a complete stranger. R.V. Bendrat sounds a little like Struther Martin. He does, yes. You want you want to take us out with a song? Do you have something oh, wait, queued wait. up? Um.
Do you recognize that? Mm, it could be anything. Well, that's a theme from Dr. Katz, you fools. Ah! Ah, bad Skype connection. Now we got it. Ah, now. Now the show's picking up. (laughs) Well, that's the goddamn thing. The whole goddamn thing is from Dr. Katz. We're getting towards the end of the show, and I and I think the crowd would love to hear that that improv. I think you should each tell story. one more. Ju- I think you should each tell one more Jewish joke. What do you say? Okay, okay. okay. Go ahead, go ahead, uh, Gil. You go first. Ah, uh, uh, a rabbi is uh, very uh, uh, upset. And he says to uh, his his uh, friend in the village, the priest, he says, "You know, someone. I uh, you remember that brand new bicycle? I love that bicycle. I can't find it anywhere." And uh, the priest goes, "You think someone from your congregation stole it?" He goes, "I don't know, maybe." And he goes, "Well, here's what you do." You read them the Ten Commandments, and when they when you get to "Thou shall not steal," the person who stole your bicycle will return it. And he goes, "All right, I'll try that." And so the next day, the rabbi is riding his bicycle, and the priest says, "Oh, so you read them." Thou shall not steal, and they return your bicycle. And he goes, no, I got to, thou shall not commit adultery, and I remembered where I left my bicycle. <laughs> Good joke. Uh, two old Jewish guys are walking down the hall in a nursing home, and one, one guy says to the other, they, they see this beautiful blonde woman approaching them, and he says to the other guy, uh, super pussy. And the guy says, I'll go with the soup. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think we're out of bullets. <laughs> oh, my God. But could, could you tell us that, that story when you were in an improv group? Or sing another Western theme. <laughs> Wait a second. I did Cheyenne, right? I did sugar you did food. Cheyenne. I did Sugarfoot. How about Rawhide? Uh, what about ben- the theme song from Bonanza? I, I know there was a, there were words to that one. Really? Yeah. I forget how it goes. One day we'll we'll have to find the lyrics to we'll all do. these songs and sing them on the yeah, air. Yeah. yeah. Well, there were there were lyrics to the Dick Van Dyke Show theme. Oh as Dick, yeah. As Dick pointed out yeah. to us that Maury wrote. All right, John. Okay. I'm exhausted from laughing. My little Margie. Do you know the My Little Margie theme? No. No. I'm how about how about F Troop, John? Do you do that one? No, but I I, uh, I should have closed with Harry Von Zell. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> we are uh, hi. This is Gilbert Godfrey. This has been Gilbert Godfrey's amazing colossal podcast with my sidekick, with <laughs> my co-host, my sidekick. He, he what, wears like Gabby a Hayes? cape. <laughs> no, you wear you wear a cape, and we both run out of the bat cave together. <laughs> oh, that would that would be my pleasure. <laughs> we two slide down metal poles side by side. Frank Santo Padre, I'm aroused. the boy wonder, <laughs> the boy wonder. <laughs> And and once again at Nutmeg Post with our engineer Frank Verderosa. Now we've. Had I'd like a- to point out that our, our friend Ryan is here. Dick Van Dyke's grandson. Dick Van Dyke's grandson came to watch the show, and I think he committed suicide. <laughs> that's because that's about because twelve they, minutes ago. That's because they didn't tell my Conan O'Brien story. Tell the Conan O'Brien yeah, story. Yeah, this quick. sounds good. Okay, so you know, <laughs> I go. I show up early. I go into be made up, and I see this. <laughs> There's a woman. There's a woman. There's a there's a woman sitting there. There's a woman sitting there, and I say, I say to her.
said it her any time. <laughs> <laughs> So I go in to have, I have my makeup done, <laughs> and there's a woman sitting there. <laughs> and I say, anytime you're ready. And I, I didn't realize that she was the, a, a guest on the show. <laughs> no names, please. That's funny. No, that was a that was a strong. <laughs> that was a saver. <laughs> Wait, I, I have another makeup story. Doing daddy daycare. Go ahead, quick. What's, what's the correct term? Is it midgets or, or dwarves? What? <laughs> well, Gilbert would prefer you said midgets. Okay. <laughs> yeah, midgets is the word I like. Okay, so, you know, anytime they have kids on a movie, they have to, re- they can only work a certain number of hours and then have the midgets come in. <laughs> yes so, they did that on problem child so we had a midget who was, was, was mid- the problem midget child. standing yeah yeah so uh, I'm, I'm having my makeup applied <laughs> and i'm enjoying it thoroughly all of a sudden i feel a little hand on my shoulder and I said, what the fuck is that? And I, 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 I thought you were a midget. And it turns out it was a child. So in that moment, I insulted all the midgets who like to be called dwarves and all the mothers who like don't like me to say, what the fuck are you doing to their kids? Oh, God, that's the whole goddamn thing is theater. <laughs> <laughs> you got a tour with that one, yeah. John. Uh, thank you, buddy. Thanks for doing this. We haven't laughed this much in a long time. You want to sign off? Oh, okay. <laughs> and our so, apologies to so, Ryan. Yeah. So, so once again, once again, I'm Gilbert Godfrey. This has been Gilbert Godfrey's amazing, colossal podcast. And in the bat cave with me. <laughs> <laughs> Deep below stately Wayne Manor. <laughs> it's Frank Santo Padre. And once again, at Nutmeg Studios. And once again, Frank Santo Padre. Uh, Frank, Frank, uh, Verderosa. Verderosa. <laughs> Where where the Cartwrights it's, live. That's right. They live on yes. the Verderosa. <laughs> and we've been talking to a man who once went to an improv acting group. <laughs> and he told a story where he said someone's name and he could not live another name. And it's, <laughs> it's what he's known best for. <laughs> Ladies and Well, Pat... <laughs> Oh, the great Jonathan Katz. Yes. Thank you, Jonathan, you're a prize. You're a treasure. Thank you for your hospitality. Thank you, buddy. We'll talk soon. (laughs) 